Good morning, church. How you guys doing? You good? You're here? You're ready for more of God? Amen? How many of you guys, uh, this is your first time, or actually, let me say it this way. You just started coming to Antioch this summer. Raise your hand real quick. Like, this summer is the first time you started checking out Antioch. Awesome. Welcome. So glad you guys are here. We love having new faces and guests here. We pray that you guys would experience the love and presence of God as you come, and that this would feel like home, and that you get plugged in quickly. So thanks for being here, giving us an hour and a half, or two hours, or three hours, depending on how long I preach, uh, of your time on Sunday morning. Don't worry, it'll be, it'll be shorter. But uh, if you're new, my name is Mitchell. I'm the college pastor here. Been doing that for about five years now. Love our college students. So proud of you guys. Y'all are incredible. So many of them are all over the world right now doing different things. And just love our college students. We've got the best college students in the world. Can I get an amen? Seriously, you guys are incredible. Um, it's been a pretty impactful summer and significant summer for the Welch family. We added the fifth member of our family, our little girl named Arabella Rose. And uh, because I have the mic and the screens, I'm going to show you some pictures of her, okay? <laughs> she is a cutie. I've got several, so get ready. So here's the first one. The first one is, look at her, at the hospital, fresh out, looking so good. Man, it's like the, the hospital, you know, gave us that little one. But then let's go to the next one. We got some of our own. Oh, my goodness, look at that kitty. This, now, listen, this is our first girl. I've got two boys, okay? So I've got to confess, I love, I actually do love the pink and the bows and, and the dresses. It's pretty sweet. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of my two boys. This is when they came to the hospital. They uh, got to meet their sister, and they are loving it, laughing, happy, and they are great. Big brother, so proud of them. And they just, they like sometimes overly love her. They're just like, we got to like say, hey, don't touch, don't get in the face, but they're doing a great job. And just for fun, here's two more pictures of Arabella. Here's one of them. Let's go. Oh, look, all wrapped up nice and sweet. Look, can we just stare at that for a second here? Man, she's, she looks good. All right, one more, one more, just for fun. Oh, look at that little smirk. Man, that didn't melt your heart. I don't think you have one. So this is good right here. So thankful for her, and Welch family's feeling blessed right now. Uh, so thanks for all your encouragements, all the meals, all the prayers. Thank you guys for being an awesome church family. Also, I gotta honor my wife. Sitting up here on the front row, amazing, amazing woman, super mom, superhero. She's so, yeah, she's doing so great. Just, I mean, we got a month old child and she's working so hard and she's so supportive, so gracious, so loving. She's And you are so good looking, babe. My goodness. <laughs> Woo! All right, I need to move on quickly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this morning I have the privilege of wrapping up a four-part series called The Father's Heart. We've been diving into who God our Father is this summer. First week, Kaylin Taylor, our worship pastor, preached on the presence of the Father. Week after that, Andrew Storms, one of our elders, preached on the authority of the Father. Last week, if you guys were here, you heard some incredible testimonies of what God is doing in our midst and just showing his love for the world and how it, it just chases people down just to reveal that he loves them. And this morning, we're going to keep going with another topic. But let me take a second here and express to you how important I believe that this series is. Us understanding the Father's heart, which is just what is God like? 
What does he think? What does he feel? What is, what is his heart? This is, I believe, the number one most important thing for any of us to understand. Not just the most like Christian thing to understand, but literally in all of your life, this is it, that you would know what God is really like. Not what others have told you, not what you think he's like, but what he's really like. You know how I know that? It is the number one thing that the devil goes after the most in our lives, is lying to us about who God really is. Let me ask this question. For those of you who've been in church for a while, uh, what was the very first sin or bad choice or mistake that we ever read of in the Bible? Just tell me. Pride. Somebody ate an apple. All right. <laughs> Anybody else? Any other ideas? Okay, you guys. All right, good. This is good. It's good. So let me back up a little, little Bible history. Genesis 1, 2, 3. God creates the world, creates Adam and Eve. Chapter 3 comes and sin enters the world. And most people think the very first mistake ever made was Eve took fruit. For whatever reason, we called it an apple. But that's not in the Bible. It just says fruit. It's probably a mango or something. But anyways, <laughs> mangoes are all right. Maybe papaya. Probably not a watermelon. But anyways, <laughs> that would be difficult. Anyways, she takes the fruit. But disobeying God was actually not the first sin or mistake. You know what it was? It was believing a lie about God. Track with me here. Satan shows up on the scene, talks to Eve, and says, did God really say? Did God really say you should do this? Eve's like, well, yeah, I mean, he kind of, yeah, he said it. He's like, well, you know what? God knows that if you eat this, it'd actually be good for you. So God is holding back from you. This is all in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. But you know what the devil's doing? He's lying to Eve about God. God has wrong motives toward you. He's holding back. He's not good. You would experience something better if you did it not God's way. He's lying about God. What happens? Wheels start turning. Eve entertains the lie. And then out of believing the lie, then she chooses sin. You see that? And what happened in Genesis 3 in that moment, because somebody believed a lie, opened the floodgates of sin, devastation, brokenness, and evil in our world. And we feel the junk that we feel in our world because of a lie that was believed. All of us have uh, felt that, and all of us have even participated in that way of how sin enters the world. We believe lies about God, and then it totally affects our decisions to choose things contrary to how God wants it to be. So far, all that's bad news. Anybody want to hear some good news this morning? Though all that is true, we serve a mighty deliverer named Jesus. And one of his favorite things to do is to set us free from the lies of the devil and to bring us into the revelation of who our God really is. It's his favorite thing to do. It's one of his favorite hobbies, favorite pastime, especially on the weekends. He loves setting us free from lies about God. In fact, it's actually the very reason that Jesus came. This is a, a very clear verse I'm about to show you on the screen. 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared. Is it up there yet? Here we go. I want you to see this. It's very clear. 1 John 3, 8. Hey. 
I'm going to start the second part. The reason the Son of God appeared, or that he came, was to do what? That's a pretty powerful Jesus right there. Hang on, I'm going to say it again. The reason the Son of God, Jesus, appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Listen, y'all, Jesus is so gentle, so loving. Most of us have seen pictures of him holding little lambs and his hair kind of blowing in the wind. But he came to destroy the works of the devil and set you free. That's my Jesus. I'm sure he'd carry lambs too, but he sets us free from the things that weigh us down and the lies we believe about God because he wants us free. I asked God, what did he have for us this morning? Church, he's got freedom. He's got freedom. Some of us don't feel free, but if you open your heart up to the Lord, today he's going to set you free. And one of the reasons maybe you don't feel free is because there's some sort of lie in there in your mind or your heart about who God is. That God is like this, or he thinks this way about me. And God's going to rework that this morning and show us who he really is. Amen? Amen. He's here this morning, and he's going to show us who the Father is. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for the people around us that if there's any sort of lie about God, that Jesus would set us free this morning. All right? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to put a hand on the person to your right. Put a hand on their shoulder real quick. If you don't have somebody on your right, just like stretch your hand in the right direction. If you're like over here at the wall, just kind of put it this direction. Just put your hand this way. If you get those folks, yeah, there we go. All right, just out loud together, just 10, 15 seconds. Why don't you pray that Jesus would come and bring breakthrough. If there's any lies that we may be believing about God, that Jesus would come and set us free. Ready, set, go. Just out loud, even if this is new for you. Go ahead, just start praying. All right, all right. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, now we're going to switch. Go to the left. Put your hand on the person to your left. Come on, we don't. We gotta get them have it too. All right, same prayer. Just go ahead. Why not? Say, Jesus, if there's anything holding them back from the truth, Jesus set them free. You came to destroy the works of the devil. All right, Amen. All right, last but not least, why don't you pray for yourself? If it helps you, just put your hand right here in your face. <laughs> You don't have to do that, but I'm not opposed. If you do, you can put on your heart. You don't even have to put your hands on yourself. Just, just pray for a second. Ask God, Lord, if there's anything. Just go ahead right now. Just in your own words, again, even if this is new for you, church, it's a good place to learn how to pray. Just go ahead and ask him, Lord, if there's anything that I'm believing that's not in agreement with your truth, Lord, set me free this morning. I want to know who you really are. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. God's a good God. He's a good Father, and He heard you. And uh, He wants to answer your prayers this morning. So, real quick, before I get into the, the kind of meat of the message, I want to let you guys know there's a resource that is going to be super helpful for you guys even today as we respond to this message, but also all throughout this week. It's on the church app. If you do not have the app, um, you can access it through our church's website, antiochcs.org. If you go to resources, there is a new resource on there called The Truth About Father God. And what it does is it gives you a little chart. Okay, it looks prettier than this, trust me. But it's a little chart. On one side, it says lies about God. 
And on the other side, it has a whole bunch of scriptures, and it says the truth about our Father God. Let me read a couple to you. A lie is that our Father God is distant and disinterested. The truth is that our Father in heaven is intimate and involved with our life. A lie about Father God is that he's stern and demanding and continually frowns at me. (laughs) Man, that's not true, y'all. Our God is accepting, and he's filled with joy and love and warmth towards you. When he thinks about you, he smiles. Today, for the first time, some of you are going to believe that. (laughs) One more. Oh, this is one of my favorites. A lie about God is that he's trying to take all the fun out of life. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, ha. That's not true, y'all. My goodness, who invented joy? God! Just want you to ah, feel that one. God has abundant life and abundant joy for us. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Amen? Some of us have misconceptions about God because of the way that our earthly father treated us. Some of us have maybe better understandings about God because of our earthly, how our earthly father treated us. But regardless, if you had the worst father in the world or the best father in the world, this morning, I believe God wants to reveal to us all over again what Father God's really like. And here's the whole message. God is a God of love. Not just for people that he's reaching with the gospel out there, but for us, his children. All during worship, I, just, I could not help but Think about all the songs we're singing. They're songs about the cross and about the gospel and how Jesus forgave us of our sin. And Jesus is the great entryway and access way into something. Okay? Jesus died on the cross, tore the veil, and now we get to enter into something. You know what that something is? The Father, a relationship with a loving Father. Do you see, it's not just stepping into, okay, now I'm forgiven my sin. And I, it's, no, you're stepping in. John 14, 6 says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father but through me. He's the access way into an amazing, loving, fulfilling, life-transforming relationship with a Father that loves his children. Amen. He doesn't just love us while we were sinners. We get saved. Now we become his children And he loves us still in its powerful love. Are you tracking with me? Sometimes we believe this lie that he loved me more when I was a sinner because, you know, God's like forgiving. But now that I'm his child, I should probably just get my act together. He's kind of generally disappointed except when I do a few spiritual things. That is not our Father God. He is loving and he loves you. This morning, here's my prayer, is that the generalized love of God that most of us would nod our head to, like, yeah, God loves me. For God so loved the world, I'm in the world, so I guess God loves me. That generalized acceptance, this morning I believe it's going to become very personal for you. God specifically loves you. Every person in this room, he knows you, knows your name. He knows your hobbies. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows you. In the back, he knows you. In the front, he knows you. Right there, Ian, he knows you, bro. God knows you, but guess what? He loves you. And this morning, I think God wants to take our general acceptance of his love 
take it real home right here in our hearts that every person in this room individually, we receive his love for us. Because that changes us. Changes everything about us. Here's a couple of scriptures about who God really is. I'm going to start. You don't have to turn there. It's everyone's favorite book, Zephaniah. <laughs> this is canonized scripture here, I promise. Take you about an hour to find it, but I'm just going to read it to you. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. You know your Father in heaven sings over you? Another one, Psalm 103, 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Our God's compassionate. Isaiah 40, verse 11, says he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. There you go. <laughs> lambs in the arms. <laughs> that is true. That is true. He also destroys the works of the devil. All right. <laughs> He will carry them in his bosom. <laughs> Everybody say bosom. <laughs> and he will gently lead those that are with young. <laughs> that is a good word. <laughs> bosom. <laughs> Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful, gets angry really quickly. Is that what it says? No. <laughs> That's strange. Oh, okay. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Psalm 16:3. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. You are a delight to God. You're not a disappointment. You're not a failure. You are a delight to your Father in heaven. Last but not least, 1 John 4, 8. If you've ever doubted that God is a God of love, here it is, plain and clear. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is what? Love. God is love. The very manifestation, the very personification, the very reality of God is that he's love. In my message to you this morning, I said, Lord, what do you want me to tell your people? I think he told me, just tell them that I love them. God loves you. He knows you. He cares for you. He knows every detail of your life. He knows your pain. He knows your struggles. He knows your past. He knows it all, and he looks at you as his child, and he loves you so much. He loves you. Now, it's okay that if you actually start to believe it in your heart, it's okay that you like can smile this morning. <laughs> I know you're thinking about it, but man, if, if it hits you this morning that, oh my goodness, I believe that God loves not just us, but me. It's okay if you smile. <laughs> it's good news, y'all, that we're loved by God. He's so good. His love is, I'd say, one of the most familiar topics in the Christian world. But you know what's crazy? One of the biggest struggles of our generation that I have seen is people believing whether or not they're loved. 
That's, that's like the root issue, the, the insecurity, the, the grasping for attention. The, the, I find my value in how many likes I get in my post. If I, if I have enough friends that show up to this thing, it, it, even lust, it, it's grasping for this reality, which is, am I loved? Am I, am I accepted? Do I belong? Does anybody look at me and like me? Yet yeah, this is the biggest and most familiar topic in probably most of the Christian world. Why is that that it's such a struggle in our generation? Here's what I believe. We've made a grave mistake concerning the love of God. We have settled for the love of God being something that we mentally acknowledge and settle for just intellectual understanding of his love. The love of God is not meant to stay here. The love of God is meant to go really, really, really deep here. To fully grasp and understand the love of God you must experience it deep in your heart. It has to go from here to here. And this morning, what I'm going to do is, I'd say a little risky in a sense, but all of this morning, I'm going to set us up to have time to just receive and experience, encounter God's love. Because I think most of you have heard somebody say that God loves you. But I think that maybe there's more of you that have never really felt it. This is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. So don't, don't check out yet. The experience and love of God is supernatural. It's not done by preaching. It's not done by reading the Bible even. It's not done by song. Even when you get to that climax of the song, the drums are going, and it's like, ah, you split the sea. It's like, <laughs> I love those moments. But it, to experience the love of God, it's a supernatural work of the Spirit of God. Romans 5, verse 5, says this. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by who? The Holy Spirit who was given to us. John Piper, one of the most well-respected Bible teachers in our day, he gave a message on this verse, and it was all about experiencing the love of God. And he said, the love of God undoubtedly, according to this verse, is not just an intellectual um, confirmation of a fact. It is an experience, an encounter, and a feeling that you have by a supernatural work of the Spirit. He even goes on to say that, you know, for some of us that aren't the emotional type, that's particularly hard for us, but he says in his message, you're going to have to get over that if you want to experience the love of God. It is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. You see it right here in verse 5. He pours out his love by who? The Holy Spirit. And so at the end of today, we're just going to have time to say, Holy Spirit, would you pour out the love of God into my heart? Would I experience it maybe even for the first time? Some of you, maybe you already have experienced the love of God. It's touched you deep in your heart. You don't just know it in your head, but you know it. But today, I think God wants to take you deeper in his love. There's a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians because he, he, it's about the love of God. It's about experience the love of God. He prayed it because he knows how valuable and important it is. If you have a Bible, we're going to spend the rest of our time in Ephesians chapter 3. So why don't you turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to spend the rest of this time looking at this prayer that Paul prayed. It's a prayer that I've been praying for you. 
as well this weekend, and it's about experiencing the love of God. Then after we look at this, we're going to have the band go ahead and come back up, and we're going to worship and just say, Lord, would you come and reveal your love to me again? So we're in Ephesians chapter 3. If you are there, say, I'm there. there. All right. It'll be on the screen behind me. But again, uh, Paul, he's a spiritual leader that planted lots of churches uh, in the early days of the Christian movement. And he wrote letters to some of these churches that he planted. And in these letters are some prayers that he was praying for his folks. So here's what I'm going to pick it up in verse 14, Ephesians 3, 14. He says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. It's a prayer of, I want you to be strong on the inside. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in what? In love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all of God's people, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Let's pause there. There it is again. The love of God passes knowledge. It passes intellectual understanding, and it is meant to be experienced deep in our heart. And what happens when we experience the love of God? The rest of verse 19 tells us that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Anybody here want to be filled with the fullness of God? (laughs) Now listen, I know half you don't even know what that means, but it sounds amazing. (laughs) You said yes, but you're like, I don't know what it means. I think it's good. The fullness of God being fully alive. Fully yourself in the presence of God. Fully free. You don't care what everybody else thinks about you. You're not weighed down by the things of this world or the pressures that we make up in our head about everyone's eyes are on me. No, you're filled with fullness. You're filled with life. You're filled with joy. You're walking free. You're conquering sin. Does that sound appealing to anybody? That's a life that all of us are invited to live. But the way that we live that life We've got to experience the love of God. It is impossible to live that life without experiencing the love of God. God has shown me so much about his love through being a dad. It literally is like one of my favorite things, if not the favorite things, being a dad. Any dads out there? Like being a dad? Me too. Let me tell you a couple things about how I parent my children. And here's a side note. Father God is a much better dad than I am. So any good thing I do in how I parent my children, God supersedes that. One of my favorite things every single day is when I come home from work and I get to see my two boys, two redheaded fireball boys full of energy 100% of the time. (laughs) As I walk in, and for whatever reason I develop this whistle that I do when I walk in, I don't know where that came from, but I just walk in and I say, <laughs> and that's the cue that daddy's home. And so they say, daddy! 
And one of my favorite things every single day is I get home and I just want to give my boys a massive hug. And I want to say, I love you. Right there in the bosom. Just love you. Mm. That's, that's literally all I want. Most of the time, they want to show me something they made, something they built. But I'm like, no. Literally, just yesterday, we got back from a weekend away. And they're like running around, showing me all the things they did. And I'm like, nope. I said, somebody just give me a hug. Come here. And I just waited there on my knees and <clears throat> gave them both a big old hug. You know what, that's, what God spoke to me through that? Is as, as our father, God loves to just show affection to us. He wants us to Feel him wrapping us in his arms with strength, with safety, with love. Even you men, it might make you feel uncomfortable. But in order for you to walk as a free man of God, you've got to let your Father in heaven show affection to you. Yeah. Or you're going to be kind of just stiff. Yeah, God loves me. <laughs> man, oh, he loves you. Let him, let him hug you. Let him tell you he loves you. One of my favorite things, activities to do, is to wrestle with my boys. Just to be with them on the trampoline. Our trampoline does not have a net around it. But we love wrestling, and one of the legs is like half broken. Anyways, we love getting on that trampoline when mom's not outside, and wrestling, just throwing each other around. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And you know what God spoke to me through that? As our father, he enjoys us. And he enjoys just being with us. Doing the things that we love to do. Some of you guys love golfing. I don't. <laughs> but when you're golfing, God just wants to be with you. It's uns unspiritual. But some of you love fishing. Some of you love this, that, cookie, whatever. God just wants you to know that he enjoys being with you. You don't have to do something spiritual to be in his presence. He wants you to know he's there and he enjoys you. Another thing I do every single night as I'm tucking my boys in bed as I tell them what I call the three things. Very sophisticated title for three things I want to tell them every night. <laughs> First one is, God loves you. And I say, number two, Daddy loves you. And number three, you have great value, purpose, and calling. And it's found in Jesus. Every night I just speak that over my boys. And you know what that shows me about the way our Father God operates? is he wants to speak affirmation and identity over every one of us all the time. When you wake up, when you go to sleep. Literally, it's the last thing that I do every night is I tell them these things. And you know what? I tell them these things when they had a great day, and I tell them these things when it was a very hard day. It doesn't matter. Some of us have this kind of like, did I do enough good today to be affirmed by God? Listen. It doesn't matter how many times you obeyed him, how many times you disobeyed him. At the end of the day, God just wants you to know you are his son, you are his daughter, and he loves you. He has, he has a mighty plan for your life. You're a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God. He affirms us as a father. Last but not least, with the addition of our new girl, it's been a pretty cool dynamic. My heart's already, I'm just already lost. She's a girl, she's so pretty, I can call her beautiful. It's amazing, it's so fun. Just a week and a half ago, I came home from work, and she's in her little bassinet. Her eyes were open, and I just like started looking at her, staring at her eyes. And the closer and closer I got to her, you know what I saw? I saw a big scratch on her face. 
I saw baby pimples. I saw eye boogers. <laughs> you know, you get close enough to babies, sometimes you smell something. <laughs> but you know what I did in that moment? I did not say, Arabella, you know what? You're a month old. Go clean yourself up. <laughs> Guys, unfortunately, sometimes we think God has that perspective on us. I looked at her in the eyes, though I saw all that, and I said, Arabella, you're so beautiful. Such a woman of God. I love you so much. So glad you're here. You're amazing. Guys, don't miss this. God's love pushes past all of your flaws, all of your mistakes, all of your sins, all of your shortcomings. And his love is more powerful and overcomes that. Some of you guys might think that your sins are too great, your sins were too recent, or your sins are too frequent for God to look at you and just say, I love you. I love you anyways. Got good news. There's nothing too great. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He loves you. Let's do this, church. We're going to take have the band go ahead and come on up. If you have a journal, it's not already out, go ahead and take that out. If you have a phone that you can type things in, why don't you take that out real quick. Here's how I want to close it out. And then we're going to have some time to, to worship and just think about how much God loves us. <clears throat> I'm going to give you guys a couple questions that you can ask God in just a few minutes. But also these questions I think will be so helpful for you um, tomorrow morning when you wake up. If you've been around here long enough... We talk about and emphasize the importance of spending time in God's presence every single day. Even if it's just two minutes, if it's an hour, whatever, we encourage and highly challenge you guys to build your own personal relationship with God by spending time with Him daily. Get alone with Him, with the Bible, with some worship music on, just talking to Him. And tomorrow morning and all throughout this week, this question's about to give you are helpful resources just to get a conversation with God going. So here's a couple questions I think would be good for you guys to ask God. And this is it, guys. This is how we experience his love, that we just ask him to show it to us. One question is, Father, do you love me? Another question is, Father, what do you think about me? Another question is, Father, how do you want to show me your love today? Father, is there anything blocking me from receiving and experiencing your love? With that question, there might be some things from the past that come to your mind, something that maybe is blocking you from really receiving God's love. And if something does come to your mind, all you do with it is you just give it right back to God. You say, Lord, you know that moment. I give that to you. Would you heal me from that? The question is, God, what do you love about me? There's a variety of other questions you could ask God, but I want to encourage you just for the next five to 
10 minutes. We're gonna have time where everybody can respond. And then after we officially dismiss you guys, we're gonna keep the sanctuary open for another 15, 20 more minutes. The band's gonna keep worshiping, keep playing, just singing about the love of God. And you're welcome to stay as long as, I guess the band stays up there. But we really, our hope is that, you know, we've been talking about the Father's heart and my hope is that you don't just get information again, it's that you like actually experience his heart for you this morning. Why don't you close your eyes, I'm gonna pray for us. Before I pray for you guys, I just with everyone's eyes closed, I just want to ask a question. If there's somebody here, I believe maybe there's two or three folks in this room this morning, if you're honest, you really have never really heard or ever experienced the love of God, and maybe that's because you've never really chosen to say, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus to take away my sins. It says in Romans 5:8 that God demonstrated his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died midst of our sin. He came, he died, paid the price for our sins, that we could be forgiven, we could be accepted by God. So if there's anyone here this morning that has never put their faith and trust in Jesus, and you want to do that this morning, or maybe you know, honestly, that you've gone astray, and you want to get right back on the path of following Jesus, then here's what I want you to do. Just eyes closed. Just shoot up your hand real quick. No one's watching you. If you're here this morning, and you say, I want to get back on the right path, and I want to trust that Jesus alone as my Savior and my Lord, and I want to put my trust in Him. Just shoot your hand up. Awesome. Put your hands down. There's about two or three or four. God loves you so much, and He accepts you just like you are. And He wants you to know. He sees you. And he accepts you through His Son. I'm gonna read something over you guys, and this is something I think God spoke to me. You keep your eyes closed here, because I want you really just engaging with God, not you know, listening to me to be entertained, but just to listen to God. Here's something that I wrote down in my journal that I think God was speaking this morning. It says, if you let my love into your deepest and even darkest places of sin, you will find forgiveness and you'll find the removal of shame. If you let my love into the deepest, darkest places of your pain, my love will heal you. Even the places that you feel most mad or angry with me, my love will heal you. If you resist me in those places, you will continue to hurt more and more personally and your pain will negatively affect those around you. However, if you let my love into those places, I will bring you so much healing, so much strength and such a powerful testimony that will bring hope and healing to thousands. Just let my love into those painful places and I will do the rest. So Lord, here we are this morning, your children. You're a God that's alive, real, and present. And Lord, we wait on you. And we say, Lord, would you come and reveal your love in the deepest places of our hearts and our souls and our spirits this morning. Let your love come in like a flood, Lord. We're tired of disinformation. We want to experience your love. So I pray over every heart in this room, every heart would be open. Lord, 
let your love come in. These next few minutes, you can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, do whatever you want to do. We want to just have a, a few minutes here just to respond to the Lord. You can ask these questions that I gave you. You can listen to a response. We'll just do it for a couple minutes. And then if you have kiddos, we'll dismiss you to go have your kiddos in just a few minutes. So take a second. The band's going to play. However you want to engage with God. Again, stand, sit, kneel, do whatever you want to do. Just take a moment to ask the Lord to reveal his love to you. 